Welcome back to another episode of Square State Sandlot, and I am your host, Bill Montoya, joined again by my great friend, Logan Ellerbeck. Hello! Good to see you, Logue. It's been Good a little bit. I haven't been too long. Well, in fact, a couple weeks popping in. You know, when we were younger, me and Kyle were always told that we looked so much alike that people would get us mixed up, so I, you don't, you don't even got to pretend like it's me, I'll just claim to be Kyle. Well, you got to grow out the beard. Uh, I can't do that. <laughs> Look even worse. <laughs> All right, well, we'll get right into it. I, I did want to highlight some things that are coming up on our schedule, and that is we're going to do a couple of the community spotlight episodes where we feature some of the some of our friends and family in the Sweetwater County area that are doing some cool things. Uh, so we're, we're just working on the scheduling for that. So keep an eye out for those. And then as a reminder, we, we do thank you guys for your support and just encourage you to subscribe on your podcast platform of choice, um, YouTube, and, and make sure you have the notifications on so you don't miss any of our episodes as they go live. Uh, we, we like to do a lot of these live streams on, on Twitch, YouTube, Facebook. I mean, we're pretty much everywhere. So anywhere you want to tune in, we'd love to have you join. Without uh, notifications, you miss this one, too, because, you know, this just popped up two hours ago. So notifications yeah. are important. Make sure you fuck, click that bell. <laughs> Make sure you click the bell. <laughs> All right. So we'll, we'll get into NFL because I feel like that's kind of the the bread and butter of what most people tune into in terms of sports. So uh, and- I did want to mention just right off the top the Monday night football game between the Patriots and Cardinals uh, in the first quarter, Kyler Murray actually. First quarter, first three plays. Yeah, I was going to say it was really early in the game. I hadn't even tuned in yet, and he he had already been carted off the field. Uh, And it was a non-contact injury, so. Looks like he blew that knee out. Yeah, anytime you see those, it it, really scares you that it's probably the ACL, and he's probably done for the rest of this season at least, if not a good chunk of next season if he has to rehab that thing. So um, uh, it looks like they're going to lose this game. Do you think – well, I think it might actually officially eliminate them from the playoffs if they do. But assuming well, Kyler Murray's out, I, I think they're probably done for this season, yeah? If you're honest, even if with Kyler Murray's there, are they, are they really a playoff contender? Like San Francisco's dominating that division. Yeah. So – even if he stayed, I don't think they were a contender. But with him gone, they're definitely out. They're gone. Yeah. And that's not I, to disparage Colt McCoy. I mean, he's been a, a decent backup no, wherever he's played. But. Disparage him. He was a starter for Carolina. And you know what he did for Carolina? <laughs> he no. didn't do anything. Yeah. <laughs> that's fair. But like I said, he's not a bad backup. He's not a bad backup. He is not a good starter. So, um, yeah, I think they're probably done. Obviously, it, it sucks to have your – franchise quarterback if you can call him that well he'll have injured. lots of time lots of time to dedicate to learning how to study film so maybe or you know war zone or, or modern warfare 2 just came out so it did it's fantastic so i'm sure you know he's already got plenty of time in that already so <laughs> this knee injury might have been intentional i'm just saying yeah he's like boys have you played modern warfare <laughs> war zone 2 because it is uh it's on fire my knee it's gone yep can't play anymore. <laughs> I got to hit that that battle pass or whatever they do, season pass. Um, uh, it, it, yeah. It's a hundred percent him. Him just it. This is what calling in sick to work looks like in the NFL. <laughs> <laughs> the painful version of it, but um, I think 
Do you think Cliff Kingsbury will be back after this season? It's tough to say. They were, what, in the Super Bowl five years ago? Is that right? I don't know. I can't remember the last time they've been in there, but it wasn't with him at the helm. I thought um, it was with him at the helm. Was no, it Cliff not? hasn't been there that long, has he? I don't know. Um, I'm looking it up. But it it depends. I, their owner's been committed to him for at least four years. I know he's been there at least four years. Let's see. Looks like his first season with them was 2019. So, yeah, this is his fourth season with them. So, and he's, you know, he's done good things, but Kyler's a talented player. And if you look at what's happening in Green Bay, a talented quarterback can really cover up a pretty insufficient coach. So it's tough to say. Uh, he'll have an opportunity to prove himself with Colt. Yeah. If if they play well, not even if they play well, if they win three out of the last five, then he's back. Don't I don't you think, think they can win that. I think that's valid, but I don't think they can do no. it. They have a really tough schedule ahead of them. Yeah. And Colt is a backup for a reason. Yeah. And he played in Texas because he couldn't go play for a real school. So <laughs> that's not fair. <laughs> it used to be good, especially when in he the was the 80s. No, it was uh, yeah. good when he was there. It but, was good when he was there. Yeah, you're right. Um, yeah, I, I don't think he'll be back, and that's going to be. I, I mean, it seems like he's pissed off Kyler in some form or fashion because Kyler takes every opportunity to throw him under the bus that he can, and I think that's part of Kyler's stick. I mean, he doesn't want to take the blame for anything. Yeah, I was uh, just going to say he's not really accountable to anything he does, and your head coach is a great target to put your, you know keep the heat off you. Yeah. And that's, I mean, you saw how much heat that Zach Wilson took for, for not taking the accountability. And for some reason it doesn't seem to stick to Kyler, but I, 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 I'm actually very happy that we'll never see Zach Wilson start again. Oh, I think he'll start next year, but how do you pull Patty White after the season he's had? Yeah, he's had a good season, but, and I mean, injury-wise, we'll see. He's week-to-week, or I guess they said day-to-day, but it it sounded like he had maybe broken ribs and potentially some internal bleeding, so. You ask Aaron Rodgers, you just play through that shit. You don't need a thumb on your throwing hand, so why would you need ribs, you know? (laughs) Or the ability to breathe. Blood is meant to be on the inside, Bill. (laughs) If it's bleeding internally, it's doing what it's supposed to. Yes. Uh, so we'll, we'll see what ends up happening with that situation, but I think there's going to be wholesale changes in Arizona after this season. I think um, so too. You I mean, just put so much money into Kyler. How do you not? Yeah. After this I mean, disappointing of a season, you've attached your uh, horse to his carriage, so to speak. And I mean, that's they'll, they'll be at four or nine after this game. So they thought I mean, they were buying a stallion. They ended up with a mule and they're going to have to ride that up. They ended up with a tiny little pony. <laughs> a little pony. They got a Shetland out there, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's go into a not-so-happy uh, subject, and that is my Raiders. Oh, man. Great subject. Yeah. Great, they great they have not been officially eliminated just yet, but, I mean, Bullshit. it's on life support. They need... All right, uh, they don't win out all five. They can't. They, they, no, they got to win the next four, which, yeah, that's winning out. I think and they, they need have help. to have... The Jets to win only one of their next three games. Easy. That's going to happen. Or one of four games. I can't remember. 
They have the tiebreaker. They need the Chargers the to lose. Uh, I can't remember. They must. I can't remember if they played them this year. I don't think they have. That's why I asked if they had a tiebreaker because they, they must have it because that's one of the scenarios. Is is the Jets lose two of their next five? They already lost, so now it's one of their next four. Um, and then I think it was the Chargers have to lose one of their next four because they have the tiebreaker with them. And there's one other team that has to lose. But essentially, you're, you're saying you're saying there's a chance, but it's like two percent at this point. The way that all the simulations work God, out. God, so. you you are a glass half full kind of motherfucker, aren't no, you? No, I'm not. Two, and I'll, two, I'll, you I'll just said two percent. They don't <laughs> got a two percent chance to make the playoffs. They got a point two. Mathematically, they have a 2% chance, but yeah. it's not happening because yeah. they got to win four, and I don't see them winning four, especially after the way. I mean, in Thursday not- night football game against the Rams, Baker Mayfield had less than 48 hours to prepare for this game. Um, really? You just want to punch me right in the dick right off the bat yeah. of, hey, Logan, your team got rid of two starters, and uh, hey, they can win on other teams. Walker looks pretty good in, in – one or two of his starts, but he, he got, got injured and yeah. Darnold looked good last weekend. Darnold anyway, we're on. Good. We're sitting in Vegas. We're not going to Charlotte yet. We'll, we'll get to Charlotte. We will get uh, to the Panthers. I promise. How, how do you, uh, Steve Wilkes, to to bring it back to Carolina, had a quote in his post uh, post conference or post win game interview, and he said, "Good teams can get a lead. Great teams can close it." Yep. Let's go be a great team. And the Raiders aren't capable of that. They they no. want to pump the gas anytime that they have any momentum. Yep. And Why that's, not? That's what, I, that's what I have in my notes here is they had so many opportunities to put that game away, but then they went ultra conservative when they got Phil, the 13 points. They've, they've, they've lost five games by less than, what, is it three points or seven points? Every game has been competitive. And they've Except had a lead the in the majority game. of them. Yeah. But, yeah. But no, I mean they're the fourth team ever to blow thir- th- or four thirteen plus point leads in a season. Four they're, in the history of NFL. They're the opposite of the cardiac cats. So it's frustrating because it seemed like McDaniel's thought once he got that thirteen point lead that the game was over. And I can understand the way that the defense was playing in that game. And obviously Rams were struggling on both sides of the football. Uh Raiders were pretty much driving up and down the field that first that first half and putting points on the board, but it seemed like he was willing to just kick the field goals just because it's points. And, you know, when it got to the end of the game... Um, Baker's literally calling backyard football plays at the end of that yeah, game. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't even know the playbook. And Dude, he's it, 4-0. I need you to run a 4-0 route for me because I don't know what your fucking scheme calls it. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah, four, that. four verts. That's all I need all game. But yeah. it, no, it was it was really frustrating. I mean, it's it's completely disrespectful to assume that thirteen points is enough against any NFL team. So Josh McDaniels, if, I mean, I don't know what it is, but as soon as he gets a lead, it's it's like the game's over for the Raiders. Do you blame that on play calling? Because you love your running back. You you are well, a huge fan of. Give me his name. Josh Jacobs. Thank you. Jacobs is a hell of a running back. If you he have is. a lead, you hammer the rock. That's fundamental football. But yes, but when you're literally only calling run plays, 
defense starts to load eight men in the box, and then if you don't pass out of it, they're just going to stay in there, and that's what he did. I mean, he I didn't think Carr threw, yeah. Carr threw 20 passes the entire game. So, I mean, there's no threat of a passing game at all when you're just turning around and handing the ball off. They did a lot of the, you know, wide receiver sweeps out of the backfield and things like that, so they weren't just strictly running it right up the middle. But you got to I mean, have some success to be running – gadget plays like that though like and they they didn't have it their offense was a stagnation on the second half well and I don't know if Josh McDaniels knows this but Devontae Adams is on this football team and three Uh, completions to him could have fooled me two of them two of them were you know spectacular catches (laughs) the other one was just you know a short completion but man it's it's very easy to forget that you guys have the number one receiver in the league on your team yeah and I was reading an interesting stat about him. It said, I think he played 63 games in Green Bay, and he had 10 or more targets in every single one of those games except for one. And with with the Raiders, he already has four of those games where he has less than 10 targets. So, Is it the Raiders or was it Aaron Rodgers? Aaron Rodgers has literally made a fucking wide receiver of the year candidate in four games with a broken thumb. So yeah. it could could it be Adams is just getting exposed for the fact that he's not as good as a route runner as he thinks he no. is? No. God, no. I agree. <laughs> I'm just playing you... devil's advocate on that. but <laughs> Not a that's, chance. That, that's I the counter-talking point to that, though. In in triple coverage, he was still getting open with the Raiders. I mean, it's just the, the ability of Carr to read a defense and, and get the ball into those smaller windows that you're going to see when you have a Devontae Adams. I mean, he's going all over the place just to get open. He's getting separation even when he is bracketed. So I don't know what the deal is. It seems like McDaniels is saying, here's where the ball needs to go, and that's where Carr throws it because he wants to please his coach. And Do you know, do you know I, what would help McDaniels out more than anything? is if he had an offensive coordinator behind him that he genuinely respected and he would allow himself to take a step back from it. Yep. You can't you can't be a head coach and an offensive coordinator. You can't. Well, plenty of you, coaches do. Not true. Not true. He, he can't. No, no, I I don't think I don't think there's an NFL coach that's a Shanahan respects his offensive coordinator. Yeah. He might they're scheming up together. He has a second brain that he bounces off of. McDaniel's doesn't. So, yeah, Carr's in a position where he has to suck his dick. You have the guy on the other side of this game. You've got Sean McVay, and he's one with Jared Goff. I mean, he's one with Matthew Stafford, obviously, is a step up from from Jared Uh, Goff. And we'll get to Goff later, but you also— He's another portal coach, though. He's another coach that's creating head coaches, which means he has respects for the guys behind him. Yeah, but I mean, once they ever, leave, he's got to build the next guy up too. So, I mean, he's calling the plays, and he's a successful head coach. Obviously, they're. I'm having not a taking that away. Year, but I'm just saying, McDaniel's really needs that fucking. He needs something to rub up against, and he doesn't have it. Well, At least we that's don't what know that. Yeah, I mean, Mick Lombardi. He's never. I don't think he's ever called plays in the NFL. Um, so, I I would think you would respect him if you're naming him your your right hand man, essentially, but. If you're in power and you just want a yes man that's going to fucking lick your boots, you're capable of that. You have to have a For certain sure. sense of self-awareness to say, I need somebody that's going to challenge me and make us better. Yeah. And I, I well, don't think McDaniels is capable of that. No. And it definitely seems that he's not willing to do that either because 
when they were on their rough stretch, I mean, he was asked the question, I can't remember who the reporter was, but they said, have you thought about taking a step back and, and letting someone else call the plays? And he said, if I, if I thought that would make the team play better, I would 100% do it. But he said, it's not about the play calling, it's about the execution on it's the field. It's not about so. the play calling. You had a 13-point lead, and you blew it to a guy that didn't even have a practice. Well, and even in this game, he, he essentially said the same thing. He said, there were plenty of opportunities there. I don't feel like I got super conservative. We had plenty of chances where we just didn't make the read or whatever. Can you pull uh, it up real quick? How many times did they run it on third and five in the second half of that game? I can't pull it I, up. I don't have I guarantee. Stance, but. Like, they, they, weren't, they weren't playing even, like, down in distance the way they should. The game was well, ugly. Yeah, it was. And – you know when you when you are constantly just running it into the into the back of your off, of your offensive lineman, eventually the defense is going to adjust to it, and that's what they did. I mean, we even had fa- plenty of favorable, you know, third and shorts, third and one, third and two, and Jacobs would get stuffed right before the line is lined again. So you I just mean, had to run hard to get those nine nine yards, though. So you're going to be a little tired. It makes sense. Yeah. Well, and I mean, at, we lost Alex Bars. Jermaine Illuminor, he got hurt in that game as well. And bringing in the backups, you could tell that there was a, a situation going on with the um, cohesity of the of that offensive line that had been actually doing very well the last few weeks. And, in fact, they played so bad. Uh, John, John Simpson, he's our backup guard. He actually got released after this game because of how awful he played. I mean, That's, he was consistently getting pushed back right into the backfield, not blocking anyone. He's looked awful all year, and he was one of those 2020 John Gruden, Mike Mayock picks. So we knew he wasn't long for this roster anyway, but I think <laughs> they were so disgusted with his play when they when he finally got the chance to go back in there. I mean, they had pulled him since week three, and this Let, was his first action. I don't more, know. More points helps in that game. Different play calling helps in that game. Let's be honest, though. Baker didn't win that game. The Raiders handed it to him. Yeah. You you have a 98-yard field ahead of you, and you're going to give up two 15-yard penalties in that drive? Yeah. Well, like, that's what? the frustrating thing is you had the play that should have sealed it when Max you, you, Crosby made that sack. Or and when then, he picked it off. Or they, Yeah, that, that one too. But even before that, I mean, you had – you had Max Crosby and Chandler Jones combine on that sack, and then Baker picks up the ball, goes and hands it to the ref, and Jerry Tillery knocks it out of his hand and draws a 15-yard flag, which Such not only negated – I mean, that was a nine-yard loss, so it essentially turned into a six-yard gain on that play. You, you get the down back, and it stops the running Stop. clock. Exactly. That was – when he made that penalty, it, it was at 120 on the clock. And That's up. It was going to take them 20 seconds to get a play in, Minimum. get lined up and everything. So you're and, looking and at a minute. Yeah. yeah, second and 19, and then you have, you know, I don't I don't remember. They had gotten a chunk play right <laughs> before that, but you're still looking at probably 80-plus yards to go with a minute left and a running clock. So, yeah, I mean, there were so many stupid plays. Dude, the many, second, so many stupid penalties. The second play of that 98-yard drive literally – Baker lines up, throws a shit fucking lobber pass, incomplete, steps up for the second play of that drive, and he throws a pick. Yeah. And your guy is literally – no. there's no reason to have defensive pass interference holding on that. Like, you had advantage already. 
and you're not the guy that got the pick. You just fucked your team. Like that that drive should have ended at 148. Yep. It should have been, oh, uh, we sent Baker in at 152 to fucking see if he could put together a 98 dry, year, yard drive and second play of it, he fucked it up. Yep. And it got and negated it, on that play. Yeah. Penalty. And then I mean, even 15 seconds left from the 23-yard line, and we play press coverage with no what safety the, help over the top. I mean, yes. it was oh. – I don't get it. I don't get it at all. I mean, it's it's been – That drive is a perfect uh, summing of what your head coach is doing, though. The penalty where you smack the ball out of the guy's hand, that's a reflection of your coaching. The yeah. fact that you have an underneath play that doesn't need to make the hold, make a hold, and lose you an interception, that's a reflection of your coaching. Like yep. I, I, I really blame McDaniel's for everything that happened with the with the Raiders this season. Yeah, I mean it was a. <laughs> they had so much talent. I don't want to say it's a well-oiled machine before when he inherited it because of all the crap that happened last year, um, but I mean there was a winning culture there. Basaccia had those guys running through walls for him. You make the same additions and have the same coaching staff from last year. I don't know what kind of success you're going to have because, honestly, I, I felt like our OC and our DC were both subpar. But with Basaccia running the running the team, I feel like we would have had a, a better success rate this season. Well, but I, I, I also don't know if they make that move for Devontae Adams if if the front do, office is there. So do it's, you it's need, tough to say. Do you need another weapon on that offense? Well, Last year, you guys put up – much better offensive numbers than you did after getting hindsight's 2020. I mean, you're not going to expect Waller to miss the entire season and Renfro to miss the entire season. So every time I talk to you about culture or about football this year, you said it yourself. Culture is what wins games. You don't need superstars. If you have a culture in your building. Yes. But Matt Collins would be our number one receiver with those two out. So I don't think you're going to win very many games having no offensive weapons at all. I didn't know Waller's name until last year. He's been in the league for eight years, right? I think he's technically only played in like four, but. I didn't know his name until last year. You You don't know who the next superstar is until they're on the field and they're making plays, period. The the stupidest thing they did was cutting their coach and hiring McDaniels. Yeah. And Chucky, you know, Chucky Jr., he fucked it up. I don't think – I mean, if we had the the receivers that we have minus Devontae Adams, assuming, you know, Waller and Renfro get hurt again or this whole season, I think we're <laughs> looking at a similar record because, I mean, we'd be in that same situation where we're handing the ball off to Jacobs every time and expecting him to win us games, which he, he has he been able to do. But you've also had the threat of – Devontae Adams on the outside, so they can't completely load the box. So I don't you also know. have thirty million more dollars on your cap. Yeah, but <laughs> what are we going to do with that? What did you do with the thirty million dollars spent? Devontae's not winning you games. We still He's got trying. money left. Oh, we we did a bunch of extensions that kicked money down the road. So, well, salary cap know. doesn't exist anymore. That's a conversation for another day. Yeah, cash but, over cap is bullshit. Anyway, uh, we'll, anyway, we'll move on from this. I mean, I've... No, no, it, I want to bring up one more thing. Okay. They have the best stadium in the league. They have the best training facility in the league. Yep. They have excellent players, individual players. Do you even consider getting rid of McDaniels? 
do you think Davis is capable of saying you were the wrong hire? If you're asking me, should they, I would say. No, I'm asking probably. if they're capable at all. They're not doing it. Would they consider it? I, I'm sure Mark at the end of the season will consider it. But at the end of the day, if, if he gets rid of McDaniels, Ziegler's got to be on board with it because he's, you know, head of football operations essentially as the general manager and that's his best friend going back to college so it's going to be a tough ask for him for Mark to say Ziegler I want to keep you but I don't want to keep McDaniels he also is already paying John Gruden he he made a financial settlement with him so he's paying him currently and then and then he's paying McDaniels so I doubt he's going to want to pay three coaches for for one team um, and he doesn't have other wealth to back it up either. It, his money is his team. He's got he's got plenty of money. No, no, I mean, no. no. It's bought... not like he doesn't have the Walton kind of wealth where he can just no. say, "We'll fucking eat it." Yeah, he he feels those payments. I think, honestly, any NFL owner at this point, based on the man, the money they're getting from their TV deals, can eat any contract they want to eat. I actually um, read something real interesting about that, that that's not the case. Not all teams are capable of cash over cap. Well, um, I'm, I'm sure it's not the case for everyone, but when we're talking, you know, head coach salaries, especially McDaniels is not making 10 million a year. He's probably making closer to five or six. So if you cut him, if you cut it, those loose, I mean, you're still making those payments, but it's not going to be a lump sum of 15 million right up front. No. So he, he can make the payment. He just bought a WNBA team. He just bought a freaking house that's mirrored to the stadium, just did all the facilities. So he's got money. He's in that class of people that I despise. I don't doubt that. I'm just saying it, you know, it's not fucking. He's not he, a Walton, for sure. He's not Elon Musk. He's not Tepper. No. And there's a segue for you if you want to go into Carolina talk, because fuck Tepper. Well, yes, we'll get into them. I did want to mention real quick just that the Sunday night football game against the Patriots that was supposed to happen this upcoming week, they actually flexed it out because of how inconsistently that the the Raiders have played this season. Uh, I think they wanted a guaranteed better matchup, and that's a NFC East matchup. I think it's the Skins, or not the Skins, excuse me, the Commanders, the Commies, and I want to say it's the Giants that, that match up that replace that game, so... Uh, I haven't heard the commanders referred to as the gummies, but I'm taking that. That's not bad. <laughs> it, until Dan Snyder is forced to sell that team, I'm not uh, not a big fan of them. So I'm not a big fan of them, period, because then we get, you know, Lex Luthor coming in, um, or Pitbull, or what's his real name? I can't remember. Uh, oh, Jeff Bezos, that's right. <laughs> Fuck that guy. You call him Pitbull? Yeah, he's Lex Luthor. He literally stole Pitbull's look, and... Or Lex Luthor. He's one of the two. All right. I like Lex Luthor better. I mean, it's fitting. I really wish we had Superman to fucking defeat his <laughs> evil ass, though. But those. how do you feel about those flex games? Because when we were coming up, the schedule was set. Leif yeah. called me up and he goes, we got tickets for the Broncos game. And it says that it'll be on Saturday or Sunday. They're not sure. And I'm like, that's because that game's a flex game, Leif. So you'll I like find it out. just because... Like, we've already seen enough Broncos in 
primetime games this they're season. Not, they're not putting on more competitive primetime games. Monday night well, has been an absolute shit show this entire season. Yeah, Monday night set, Thursday night are set, but the, the Sunday night football games are the ones that they can flex out. And then there are some Saturdays as well uh, as we get closer to the end of the season. So those are the ones that they can flex. And it it tends to be really good, especially at the end of the season. I remember we had the the Beastquake game that got flexed to Sunday night football that one season. Can you imagine uh, Buffalo and Minnesota on Sunday night game of the year on a Sunday night game? That would have been amazing. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah, especially towards the end of the season, you tend to know what teams are. So flexing those matchups into primetime is a lot less of a crapshoot than, you know, than putting the Broncos on primetime six times before week 12 or whatever it was. And every let's, single one of them was ride. horrible. Let's yeah. ride. Let's ride, Bill. And speaking of the Broncos, they have officially been eliminated from the playoff contention this season. I think that's their seventh season in a row. So for all our friends, yeah. family that are Broncos fans, sucks You to assholes, suck. the, last, the last successful season you had was beating the Panthers in the playoff or in the Super Bowl. So yep. fuck you all. I am so happy to watch you guys suffer. <laughs> I, I makes mean his it. feelings well known, <laughs> as you can see. But no, I, I don't really know. Like, obviously, I think Hackett's gone. I don't know what else they're gonna do. I think there's gonna be massive turnover there. I mean, your wagon is is successfully hitched to uh, Russell Wilson. A dead horse. A dead for horse. better for better or worse for the next three seasons at least. I would guess. They rounded uh, up a field mouse and put it in in control of that fucking wagon. I mean, honestly, they could get out of it if they really wanted to by doing a post-June cut, and then they can split the cap hit into two seasons rather than just one. But this upcoming season, I believe it was $107 million for that cap hit that would be split into two. Uh, cap is reportedly going up to like 220 so it would only eat up only eat up a quarter of your entire salary cap if you cut him next year post june 2nd <laughs> yeah i think so, we'll see russell right out the end of his career in just swimming fashion well oh that poor man like i've talked about i think he'll have a better season next year. i don't i, How? I hope i hope not but obviously How? well it can't be much worse than this year it, his arm's not going to get better as he ages no, but I feel like he'll be in a more competent offensive system that maybe fits his... His head is his head's not the problem. His legs well, are. Let's be honest. The Broncos did everything that they could to lure Aaron Rodgers from Green Bay. Let's ride! <laughs> they were trying to get Aaron Rodgers from Green Bay, and that's why they hired Hackett, because Hackett was one of Aaron Rodgers' favorite quarterback coaches or best chance him, whatever yeah. he was. Yeah. So they was, they went all in for Aaron Rodgers. And then when they missed out on that sweepstakes and Aaron said, I'm coming back to Green Bay, then they kind of panicked. And I think they just, well, what what else can we get? And, I mean, they got absolutely fleeced in that, in that trade from the Seahawks. Uh, I don't think there's any way to Pete Carroll fucking beat took around him the bush out. in that one. Yeah. Roofied their drink and did dirty things to them. Like, <laughs> yeah, they are. They are. I mean, <laughs> as bad Sorry, as I Marshall. feel about my Raiders, it's I. I would much rather be in the Raiders situation with McDaniel's than I would 
Broncos and Russell Wilson. So Dude, you got to give them credit though. They kind of put on a little bit of a show in the second half of their game against chiefs. They made that game competitive. Yeah. I was surprised how competitive they were in that. And um, they were down 21, weren't they? Yeah, it was 21, nothing when they, when they started to come back. And I think they closed it to within seven. If I remember right, I think it was uh, 28, six. 21, 28, 34. Yeah. Something like that. So, it was uh, that is exactly what it was, something like yeah, that. My right. ass, fair <laughs> enough. So, anyway, I mean, they played that was probably their best offensive performance of the season. And I think, do you know why Chiefs, that was so? Because Russell Chiefs. got his head cracked in the third quarter and they had to bring in their backup. Well, he only scored one more touchdown. Russell was the first three, yeah, true. So, I just no, he was actually playing pretty well, and he seems to have a decent connection with that. Uh, rookie tight end. I can't remember that guy's name. Dolcich or something like that. He's he looks like he might be. Yeah, he's going to he be, might a, be te- a good little tight end yeah. for him going he's forward. He's going to be a but. team three member, no doubt. Yeah. All right, so we'll move on from the Broncos, um, a team that I've been really impressed with this season. Excuse me. Hold on, is, real quick. What is yep. that like over your? I guess that'd be your left shoulder. Do you have a John Gruden bobblehead? This one. Yeah. No, that's a Minnesota twin. Hang on. I'll I'll grab it. It was creeping me out because I just saw a little face over your shoulder. It's a little dusty, but it's from my uh, first Major League Baseball game. It was a twins game in Minnesota. They were doing bobblehead night. Corey Koski, I believe. That is a that is a keepsake that doesn't go away. Then, yeah. it, it it just kept getting me because I'd see a tiny little face over your shoulder just peeking up. Well, eventually, <laughs> I'm gonna get my my or my office done, and we'll have all these pictures that are behind me. That one's of Todd. Where's my finger? I can't ever find it. There it is. That's of Todd Christensen, right there. Got a little. Oh, okay. I saw the I saw the family photo back there. Got a little yeah. Christmas spirit going on. It looks like. Yeah. Elijah left his Santa hat in here. Elijah's fucking leaving shit around, goddamn. <laughs> Constantly, but <laughs> it's fine. Um, okay, so the Lions have impressed me quite a bit. I mean, Woo. rough start to the season. I think they were one in five or something like that to start, and then they've ripped off five of their last six, including this latest win against Minnesota. Huge I know you wanted win. to talk about this game. Huge uh, win. And Goff what did looked- you take? Uh, the, their defense is terrifyingly underrated. Like, um, and not even that. It's terrifyingly effective when it needs to be because Kirk Cousins had probably his career game. I think he had three tutties and almost 500 yards. Jesus. So, like, it's not like they were a defensive, you know, force to reckon with, but they had three key turnovers in that game. That that swung the momentum so drastically, and it it they were takeaways. They were not, they weren't turnovers. They were takeaways. Like they made plays when they had to. And Hutchinson is a beast. Goff, yep. who who saw Goff being capable of fucking just playing a game like that? Lights out for the kid. And he didn't even yeah. go to his safety net. Saint Brown didn't have a single touchdown. Yeah, I mean, they have been a really good offense all season, but it's been kind of on the defense that has let them down. And then, I mean, they've had a couple where they just didn't show up at all. But 
Yeah, uh, Goff, this is his best season since he took the Rams to the Super Bowl. When was, when was that? Like six years ago, seven years ago? It's been a while. Fa- I'm two weeks away from being 35. Just don't bring yeah. it. <laughs> Existential so, crisis going on. Beard's turning gray. But, yeah, I think it was six years ago. Well, yeah, you can see. Well, that side. I got quite a few grays in there, but that's from that's from the, you know. You know why kids. this is all gone? Because it's silver. And it fell out. It got scared of my face. <laughs> but, um, yeah, Goff's best season, and he doesn't have McVay fucking in his ear constantly to, to play the game for him the way he did in, in L.A. Yep. I, I, I am so impressed by Ford's it's a new Ford that's running the team. I'm trying to remember her name. Uh, Sherry, maybe? Is it Sherry Ford? Sounds right. Anyway, she set up a culture with MCDC, with uh, Campbell, that it's hard to argue against that being a model for a successful team. They, they looked so dominant against Minnesota. Martha Ford. No, Martha was the original owner. It's a new one now. But it says on their website. She's oh, the, Sheila. There you go. Yeah, Sheila. Sheila. There it is, yeah. She, she's she's done a lot of good things for that team, and then MCDC had the time to develop into – not even develop, into implant, Im, implementing his culture, his identity into that team. The guy yeah. sounds like he's talking through fucking chalk in his mouth. And I feel like I want to fucking knock down a wall for him. Yeah. He's like, a I, he's a pretty impressive coach. And, I mean, absolute balls of brass going oh, for <laughs> I don't know if you saw that. That fake punt, that fake punt was well, fucking. Fake punt. And then they had the play action pass to their right tackle. Penny oh, God. Pool. He fucking looked like he was out there being wide receiver all the time, man. Well. He even came up for, lippy to the DB. It was funny. <laughs> a little thick for a wide receiver. Maybe a, a big boy tight end, but. No, man, put him at wide out. Put him as your he fucking. Said, he said he's ready to get involved more in the passing game. So <laughs> That was that, such that's a what, good call. That's what anytime one of those big boys gets their hands on the ball, they get very confident. So, You know what's crazy about their offense being so successful is it's really a primitive offense when you compare it to like Shanahan's. It is. It, it's it's a, it's a outside zone on the left. They're hammering the, the zone runs. Yeah, you and see a lot of whams and all that stuff that you don't typically see in the uh, modern it, NFL offense. Well, a lot of the modern NFL offense is about blocking schemes, and MCDC doesn't seem to have too complex of schemes. Hey, do you boys like hitting people? Cool. Come be an offensive lineman for us. Bite some knees. Dude, man. <laughs> but, no, that's the thing that scares me about this season for them is – They've had a top-ranked offense, and I feel like Ben Johnson, their offensive coordinator, is going to get a job elsewhere. Their and that's where I always up. worry about Josh, or not Josh, Jordan Goff having a a little uh, slip slide back of the play. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I don't know. I I've been really impressed with, or with their offense for sure, and the addition oh, so, of Jamison Williams. Dude, successful sure season for them. Play. I did. Yeah. Amazing. First catch of the NFL's touchdown? Yep. Get out of here. But a successful season for them, honestly, is making the playoffs and getting a playoff win. It's like yeah. Cleveland was two years ago when they got their playoff win. 
That was like winning the Super Bowl for Cleveland. Yeah. If Detroit finds a way to fight their way into a wild card and gets a win out of that slot, Dan Campbell's a fucking god in Detroit. I think, don't they have the longest active playoff? Drought? Drought. They have not won a playoff game since 19, like, I want to say 19. No, it's 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 over 30 years. Barry no, Sanders won one with Barry, didn't Barry they? never got one, no. He I don't didn't think. win a single playoff game? Nope. I, I swear so. I watched him win one. Well, Let's now see. you're... Last Lions playoff win. It's Here not 99. It's It's got to be 83, I think. Is it so hard to get? 92. That's 10 years off. I, was, uh, I wasn't closer than you. Son of a bitch. <laughs> 92. Fine. 92. 30 years. I called it. I said 30-year playoff drought. All right. <laughs> well, he was on the team then, too. I was thinking uh, it was the back end of his career, not the front end. But that was, Can you imagine being that I good think of a running back and never getting a win in the playoffs? He got one. He got, he got one. one. Try being Megatron. Uh, arguably yeah. one of the best wide receivers of all time. Never. Well, that's why he just point. said, I'm done. Like, quit wasting my career. I want to smoke weed and I want to sell weed, so I quit. Yeah. That's literally what he did. All right. So, Lions trending up. Maybe a playoff team. We'll see. You got to win. They, they have, after getting past Minnesota, they have such a high percentage chance of winning out. They don't have another tough game on their schedule, I don't think. Yeah, and they're sitting at six and seven. I think they have to win three of their remaining four, most likely, to make the playoffs. No, let's see. Niners have nine wins. Uh, NFC East, just look at who yeah, the East, three teams are. They in all the have seven. So they're but, in. And it. one less, or two less losses because they had that tie between the Commies and the Giants. So, yeah, they're probably going to have to win three, maybe two. You know what's a great in with two. You know where is no, a great position to be in the NFC? Right in the south, baby. Yeah. <laughs> where you south. can be a losing record team and have a chance to fucking take your conference and get a home playoff game. Let's go, Carolina. Do you think this is the first time we see a seven and ten team make the playoffs? Yeah, I do. You think I, that's all it's going to take to win that I division? I, I, uh, it's not going to take eight, so yeah. Well, Bucks already have six, but... We'll, Tom Brady we'll just, just shit the bed against Mr. Irrelevant, I know. so... I know. It it turns out, if you guys win versus Pittsburgh this, this week, and then Tampa Bay loses versus Cincinnati, you guys are in first place because you have the tiebreaker, so... That's pretty impressive. I, I think you guys have a good chance against Pittsburgh. I wish Kyle was on so he could discuss the game a, a little more in detail. But Carolina has a culture right now. Um, who would have thought that you could get rid of your starting quarterback, your starting wide receiver, and your second string wide receiver in the same season? And somehow you have a higher passing percentage. You're rushing for almost 70 yards more a game. And um, you have more consistent receiving with less drops like how the fuck does that happen and you didn't even mention they got rid of their coach too well rule was a fucking jackass steve wilkes is amazing though if he doesn't get hired i'm driving to carolina and kicking tempered right in the dick and then i'm going to south carolina where they won't prosecute me because south carolina hates that dude 
Yeah. <laughs> just to make a, a dash to the border. Um, um, what did you see against the uh, Seahawks in that game? I saw 255 rushing yards um, happening between three running backs. Yeah. I saw Darnold protect the football just enough to win us the game. And like I told you earlier in the season, I saw a ton of young talent on a defense that can fucking take us places. Their, their defense is undeniably young, fast and fucking brutal, man. Horn's going to be a top, top DB, top five DB in the next three years. Just to interrupt real quick. Brett says, hi. Hi, Brett. She's watching the stream right now, so. Um, but I, I, hi, Brett. Carolina, Carolina showed me a lot. I said it. They were punting on the season. They're fucking throwing it all away. I was crying on the phone to you. And I was upset they were winning games. And somehow we are in a position to take our division and we don't even have to win out to do it. Yeah. We can win one and lose two and still take the division. No, we we have to win two. We have to win. Yeah, take two or two, and I think you might be in yeah. with the tiebreaker. Obviously, that hinges on Bucks losing three of four for it to be a tiebreaker. Uh, th- there's a conversation I want to have around that that's not in the notes, but we could talk Carolina first. What did you see in that game? Because you've been I loved on. It. You've been on uh, Wilkes' fucking bandwagon from the get-go. You're like, this guy's amazing, great, great yeah. replacement. No, Wilkes was – I mean, I don't feel like he's had a good shot to to be a head coach in the NFL, and I, I thought he was probably ready. Um, I can't remember. He was – did he come from Buffalo? I I was thinking it was the Jets, so I know it's in that division. So, yeah, you're right, Buffalo. Yeah, so, somewhere around there. But anyway, he's he's been a great defensive coordinator and, and seems like he's been a good leader of men since he's been in the league. Dude, he literally and, was crying. He was so happy for his team. He got asked in his presser, why are you so emotional right now? And he's like, I just feel so good for those guys in that locker room right now. Yep. How do you not play your ass off for a guy that's so invested in you that he's willing to cry on national TV? Yeah. And, yeah, he's one of those guys, like I said, I mean, I feel like he, given the opportunity, will be a great leader. Um, seems like what they're doing is is working right now. Um, have good good young talent. I think they've gotten rid of a lot of the guys that they don't see as part of the future plans there. So They cleared uh, up a lot of cap space with it, too. They cleared did up it. cap space. I mean, I don't know if they'll bring moves. back Darnold or um, P.J. Walker's the answer in the future. I, I don't know, but... No, we're gonna go after we're gonna go after Carr. That's the rumor mill right now on the internet. Yeah, I could see it. I mean, he would be an upgrade over probably either of those two. Here's here's what scares me about where Carolina's sitting. Tepper, since he's taken over the team, Jerry Richardson, in spite of his fucking bullshit, like yeah, you shouldn't play the seatbelt game with ladies. That's fucked up, and you probably deserve to get punched in the dick. But Jerry Richardson built a team that was based around him. His football culture from his football experience, when Tepper came in, he killed that culture, and he wanted a Super Bowl yesterday. So he's bought four fucking quarterbacks that were all mediocre on other teams. We didn't even have Bridgewater for a full season. Uh, We didn't have Bridgewater in a full season with CMC. 
So Bridgewater never had a chance. Then we get Darnold. Then we get Baker. Or no. Yeah. So I guess we only bought three. Excuse me. You could kind of count Cam Newton into that list last year. But that was more getting asses and seats. And if anybody that saw Cam play, he grinded his shoulder down to nothing. Like, I'm glad he retired. Poor guy. But Tepper is the thing that is going to kill Carolina. And unless he can get to a point where he goes, I'm the problem, he's going to continue to try to buy his way to success with key mark names. And he doesn't need to do that. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see if he sees just how successful Wilkes was with what he did. At least when he did those trades, I mean, he stood strong and said, if you're not willing to eat some of the contracts, then I'm not making the trade. So, but that's at least thing. that portion, he was being cheap about it, getting these guys from the bargain bin. But, I mean, that's what he got from the play as well. So You've owned the Panthers for three years. You've had three different quarterbacks, two different GMs, and now two different head coaches. You paid Rule an ungodly amount of money, so you were committed to that to that purchase. But, like, yeah, I just I think I really he's worry. still paying him $890,000 oh. per week. Nebraska minus, picked up some. Yeah, minus whatever – Nebraska picked up, but they probably picked up ten million of the fucking ninety million we still owed him. I think it's forty, <laughs> but yeah. And I don't think Rule was a bad coach. I just think that you have a you have an owner that's trying to be too involved. Yep. The, you hire people for a fucking reason. Don't hire me if you're not going to let me do my fucking job. So if you want to be a GM, Tepper, be a fucking GM. Don't put Herney in there. Literally the greatest GM in Carolina history let him start to establish some cool things and then kick his ass out because he didn't fucking agree with you on things. Like I really worry Tepper's too involved and going to try to stay too involved. That's what happened with, that's what happened with Al Davis in his, you know, later years, he wanted to see a super bowl. So he kept throwing money at all these high price free agents that didn't want to be there. Jerry Jones. Yeah. Still doing it. So Al Davis does it. Jerry Jones has done it. We watched it happen towards the tail end in, in the Pittsburgh culture, but um, it worked for them. Yeah. I, I just – I really feel like Carolina is in a position the, – the, the city has to be just disgusted with what's happening with the Panthers. Literally six years ago, seven years ago, we were the number one offense in the Super Bowl with the MVP, handed out fucking 52 footballs to kids at our stadium. And we, at the beginning of the season, Carolina didn't have an identity. So, I don't know. I'm hopeful for my Panthers, though. And I cannot yeah. wait to see a losing record in the into the playoffs. <laughs> We're going to lose, but at least we'll be there. <laughs> yeah. You can't dance if you don't have a ticket to it. Damn right. But, uh, let's... <laughs> I think the last uh, NFC team I wanted to mention, well, I guess some of it has to do with Tampa Bay as well, just because they just beat them. But San Francisco, outside of Philadelphia, do you think they're probably the favorites in the NFC? No. Uh, San Francisco's defense is too good. You're saying you like San Francisco more than Philly? Than Philly, yeah. Out of the NFC, okay. yeah. Okay. Um, the NFC is tough because – to have that many winning records in your conference, doesn't it show the lack of competition you have coming to play against you? 
Is it a reflection of your skill or the lack of skill coming to play against you? I don't know, man. This, I feel like the records are all out of whack this season because you have the NFC South with no winning records in that division. You've got the West with Seahawks and the 49ers, and that's been kind of turned upside down. I mean, the Rams were expected to be at the top. Yeah. And then NFC East has four winning records. And then, yeah, NFC North, you you just have one. And we thought that that would be (laughs) Green Bay, and it's it's the Vikings by quite a – quite a large margin so the vikings really got exposed like i would have i would have had a little more competition in my brain going is it going to be san francisco or is it going to be minnesota that's going to represent the nfc minnesota looked bad they did no i haven't bought into them all season and i don't know if it's because of Kirk cousins i mean i've never really believed in him but i mean they have a negative um point differential at negative one after that loss to the vite or to the lions so I mean, it shows that they're playing a lot of close games and, and not beating many teams by much. So, I, I almost feel that's more of a benefit, though, because if you're blowing people out, look at Buffalo. Buffalo's smacking ass, smacking ass, smacking ass, and then they run into a team that beats them, and they, like, they – it deflates them almost, you know? Yeah. Well, let me you, let me So give you're taking Philly. Stat here. I, I'm not sure. I mean, I I like the Eagles, I like the Cowboys, and I like the – I like the 49ers, but I do think the only thing... You think the Cowboys thing, have a chance? Eh. I mean, they've got a great defense. Got they've been in the running always, weapons. though. They just don't know how to put it together. If if they give Tony Pollard more carries than Zeke, I, I feel like they're a pretty, pretty dominant offense. But Zeke, for some Zeke, reason, he's Jerry Jones is so committed to Zeke. I don't know well, if he just likes him so much that he doesn't want to pull the plug out from him or what, but I think that's I think that's exactly what it is, is he's just he likes the guy. Let me give you an interesting little stat here. There's Smack one, two, three, four, five. Five teams in the NFC with positive point differentials. That's the Eagles at one thirty eight positive, Cowboys at one thirty one positive, Lions at two positive. What? Lions are on that list? Lions are on there. NF or er, 49ers at 120 and then the Seahawks at 8. So you've got three teams with three digit point differentials and the rest with 2 and 8. So Philly's such a good team but it's I just have such a tough time buying into them. Yeah, that's Jalen Hurts, man. He's good. I, he is good, but I for some reason, I don't know if I can believe in him when the the chips are all stacked against them. And you know what, though, like that—that's an advantage to him. We're just we're giving him motivation because he's playing lights out football, and we're still like, oh, I don't know if they're the best in the league. I really think, though, San Francisco with Shanahan and having the number one defense is terrifying. Yeah. Plus, C- CMC was such a good pickup for them. That's if he can stay healthy. That he has. You don't need a great quarterback just because of all the things that he can do out of that backfield, and that's that's why I tend to think they're probably my favorites going in. But then you also have a rookie quarterback, and sure, he's looked not phenomenal just a rookie in two games. Not just a rookie. You have pick two fifty six yeah. as your quarterback. Literally the last pick in the draft, Mister Mister so, Irrelevant, and that normally goes to like punters and kickers and like 
offensive just, linemen that wear number 18, like people that are never going to make your team. Or, I mean, it's for the, you know, priority undrafted free agent that you don't want to be able to negotiate with a, another team. And look, Shanahan has a great track record with, with developing quarterbacks and all that stuff. I mean, look, he's been winning with Jimmy Garoppolo and I don't think Jimmy's a top I mean, he's probably middle of the pack quarterback, and and he's winning with him. So, Jimmy G is somebody. Jimmy G was a a Madden pickup for me. So, like, I think he gets a bad rap. Honestly, I don't. I don't think he's a bad quarterback. I just think there's plenty of guys that are more talented than him. I I would put him in that mid category where you know he's good enough to win you games, but he's not going to win you games by himself. Question. Um, question, yep. real quick. Um, is it? Isn't he a Super Bowl winning fucking quarterback that you just said that about? It's fine. <laughs> I mean, you take a lot away from a guy if he could, he's already won a Super Bowl. He's already got the experience. Let's yeah. cut him short, but he's not available anymore. It's literally yeah. Well, he might be, but I don't know if you pull the plug that late in the season on a guy that gets you there because we're talking I think they said he could be ready in 7 weeks, which would be the championship round, I think. So if Brock Purdy gets you to the championship round, do you pull the plug on him and, and go with Jimmy Garoppolo with being out of games for the last seven weeks? I don't think you can make that move. So Dallas. Dallas, I oh, looks like Logue just dropped off for a second. So move on from San Francisco. I did want to just mention that the uh Titans did make a move at GM. Um uh, let him go. I don't know why it, it seemed like it was almost personal because, uh, AJ Brown came into town and absolutely torched the Titans defense. And the owner of the team basically said after that game, look, I already knew he wasn't going to be my guy going forward. So I felt like it was better for, for him to start looking for other positions and for us to start getting a head start on candidates that could be taking that position going forward. Um, I also wonder if this might have something to do with Mike Vrabel. I don't know that he necessarily wants power, but he was very upset with AJ Brown trade. Um, so I don't know if this is kind of a power play by him saying, look, if we still had AJ Brown, we'd be winning some of these games that we've, we've lost so far this season. And I think that's fair because Ryan Tannehill does not look like the same quarterback minus AJ Brown as that safety option where he could just throw the ball up to anyone. So, um, I don't know. And there's been plenty of rumors about, um, Vrabel heading to Ohio state as he's an alumni there. Uh, potentially one of his dream jobs is the head football coach at Ohio state. So, I'd say it's a, a possibility that maybe they're making a move to um, moving on from the GM. Maybe some of that power shifts to Vrabel trying to keep him there. Or maybe after this season, Vrabel decides that he wants to go to Ohio State. I mean, they had a good season. They're in the college football playoff, but they've lost to Michigan two games in a row. And typically that's what gets you moved on from at Ohio State is if you lose to Michigan. And like I said, they've lost two of those games in a row. So um, just an interesting thing there. And honestly, they haven't played very well this season. So I think there might be some movement at the end of the season. But uh, a team that does look good in that same division, that's the Jacksonville Jaguars. 
they're looking much better with Doug Peterson at the helm than what they had last year with uh, Urban Meyer. And I think they're just going to keep getting better as the weeks keep progressing. I think it's too late in the season for them to uh, make a playoff push, but they're they're sitting at six and no five and eight, so they're not officially eliminated from the playoffs. Just like my Raiders, I think they have about a five percent chance or something like that. Uh, they have a little bit better chance than the Raiders, just because their division is still up for grabs, where the Chiefs have pretty much walked away with the uh, AFC West. So. We could see them. I mean, they're two games behind the the Titans for that division, but Titans haven't been playing well. Jags just beat them, so maybe there's a little bit of breathing room there. If they end up with the same record, I think the Jags will have that tiebreaker. So, um, let's see anything else there. Uh, I think the last note I have on the NFL was just that the Browns have made the move to Deshaun Watson and in the two games that they've played with him at quarterback, they have looked awful. And that's actually good to see. Uh, uh, as you guys know, we're, we're not big fans of Deshaun Watson for all the crap that he did off the field in the, in the last couple of seasons uh, with the massage therapist and all that. And then basically sitting out an entire season because he didn't want to play for the, for the Texans any longer. Uh, he did win that game, but it wasn't any, anything to do with him in the Texans game. And then he really got, I mean, they really got pushed around against Cincinnati. So I think, I don't think they turned it around before the end of the season. I think they're probably already eliminated from the playoffs again, five and eight. So not statistically eliminated, uh, but their division, I mean, is already out of reach for them. So they're going to have to sneak in as a playoff spot or a wild card spot. And I think there's probably better teams ahead of them. And I think if they keep Deshaun in the rest of this this season, obviously that's building towards next season. But I really just hope that that move bites them in the ass, especially since they guaranteed all that contract with with all that stuff floating around behind him. So uh, I just had a couple quick notes on Major League Baseball, and some I mean it's all going to be pretty much eccentric. Uh, we did. Over the week, over last weekend, they had the Major League Baseball lottery where they assigned draft pick slots for all the MLB teams, and the A's had the best odds to get the one through three picks, but ended up getting the sixth pick overall. So that was pretty disappointing. And uh, Kyle's Pirates, they actually got the number one pick, so that'll be back to back seasons with the number one pick. Uh, they got the catcher last year. I don't know what they're planning to do this year. Uh, looks like Logan is back, so I'm going to bring him back into the stream. I know he's not a huge baseball fan, but... Oh, we can't hear you, Log. Mike, check. Nothing yet. So, my A's, like I said, they got the sixth pick overall in the in the Major League Baseball draft. There we go. I can hear you now. I can hear you as well. Beautiful. I've been telling Wyoming to invest in more goddamn hamsters to run on that wheel, but they just won't. It Sorry. is pretty rough out there for uh, for internet. That's Kyle. <clears throat> Kyle, every time we do one of these broadcasts, he freezes at least once or twice. So, Well, you started sounding like Megatron, and that's when I started fucking jumping around, and then that shit just went all the way out. Yeah, I was like, oh, well, apparently Logue's had enough. <laughs> anyway, the I, I just have... 
Yeah, just got a couple notes on them. Um, they just traded Sean Murphy, which was their catcher for the last two and a half seasons or so. Uh, probably, I mean, statistically, he was their best offensive weapon and one of the best defenders in the entire league. So he's going to be missed. We do have Langoliers sitting in the fold. He already got some playing time last season, and this was one of those inevitable moves where everyone saw it coming. We just were waiting for when, not if. And they turned it into six prospects in a, a three-team trade between Atlanta and the Milwaukee Brewers. Only two of those six are projected to be starters in 2023. I saw that in your notes, and I actually wanted to ask you about that because I found that really confusing. Why are you picking up four if they're never projected to start? Is it just for your double and triple A talent? Well, no, they're just they're not projected to start this upcoming season. Oh, okay. So, so they, only- they are talented enough to start. Yes, just okay. I got you. Only two of the three were, or two of the six were, quote unquote, ready for Major League Baseball. So, okay. Um, I saw that in your notes, and I was very confused. Yeah, we could see we could see any of those six play sometime in this in the upcoming season, just because the A's aren't projected to be very good. I mean, they haven't really invested much into the into the roster. They, I think, they've signed two utility guys for two year contracts i think they were 14 and 13 million or something like that so those are the only mlb guys under contract for for this upcoming season uh obviously do this all the time they build up a good talent and they waste it yeah i mean every time (laughs) i mean it's the running joke that we're the development system for the yankees (laughs) red Sox, dodgers you know all the big teams but i do want to say and obviously it sucks being a, a fan of a quote-unquote small market team, even though the Bay Area is massively wealthy and the owner is one of the richest in all of baseball. Uh, so he's one of those guys that cries poverty and has the money to invest in the team. He just doesn't want to. Uh, so <laughs> treats well, it like his little piggy bank. But anyway, uh, I did want to say that I love to see the money that's flying around uh, in the baseball winter meetings, there were contracts. I think they invested $1.5 billion I saw just that. in just in contracts at baseball winter meetings. So a lot of money flo- floating around from the Mets, Padres, and Phillies. Nobody uh, and watches I, baseball. How do they have all this money to waste? Yeah. Nobody watches it. No one watches baseball. All the owners are losing money, but they keep <laughs> signing all these huge contracts. So apparently someone's making money. But... Um, no, I just, I wanted to say about this that I hope it encourages more owners to start, you know, handing out contracts so they don't get beat on the field and the infusion of Steve Cohen, uh, the new Padres owner, and then the, the new Phillies controlling owner, uh, those guys are willing to pay to win because they are fans of the teams and, and, you know, maybe they aren't going to make as much money, but I think we, it shows the Blue Jays and the Braves, those are the only publicly traded teams, so they're the only ones that have to show their, you know, revenues, profits, all that stuff. They're making cash hand over fist the last two seasons, and I think it shows the Braves won the, the World Series with a pretty decently high payroll, and they made more money than they've ever made. So I think it shows that if you invest in your team and get good results, the fans are going to show up and they're going to start to support your team. So it, it's, it's, hopefully, it's not a hard concept to grasp, but for some reason – Baseball teams just don't seem to get it. Well, the A's specifically, I mean, John Fisher has 
loved the whole corporate welfare thing where they do the revenue sharing and he puts the worst team po- or I guess the most competitive team that he feels comfortable paying so he can take all those profits from the revenue sharing and put them in his pocket rather than on the field. So You know what I don't I get? Mean, what the fuck do you do with all that goddamn money? Like after yeah, a million owns, dollars, you can't really buy much more, I don't think. He owns Gap. He owns Old Navy. Like He's got all these businesses that make him all kinds of money and still runs his baseball franchise like a, a poverty franchise. So I, I don't get it. Like I said, he's in one of the most rich areas in the entire world and still tries to say, well, you know, we're a small market team. But they still I'm play just really the, hoping. They still play the shittiest baseball uh stadium in the fucking country yeah and they're trying to fix that obviously but i mean it's Oakland's not going to invest the money they need to put up a good stadium well that's the thing is oakland doesn't need to because john has essentially said i will find i will finance the entire stadium you guys just need to do the infrastructure around it which is understandable that's the city's responsibility but he also said yeah that's what he said he said, I don't want the money up front. You guys are only going to pay for this after the tax revenue is generated. So I'll pay for it all. You pay me back in tax breaks, essentially, after you start pulling in money. So there's a zero risk to Oakland. But for some reason, they're not passing it quick enough. And now That's they're bringing crazy. in they're bringing in Vegas to you know be used as leverage. And Ron, Rob Manfred is running out there every press conference he can do and just say, look, if Oakland can't get it done, then we're just going to go somewhere else. And I mean, it's there, there is a certain know. amount of risk for Oakland, though, because Tepper did the same shit to uh, the town in South Carolina. The name escapes me, but there was no upfront risk to them. But they have half of a fucking practice facility like and he got $268 million in tax breaks. And yeah. literally they can't do anything with that building. Because he was yeah. like, yep, fuck you, I'm out. I guess, yeah, there is always the risk. But I feel like if he's willing to put up a billion of his own money, then he's probably not going to be a I feel like if he has a billion of risk. his own money to put up, our country is a failure. <laughs> well... As they say, you got to spend money to make money, right? Let and me just go to, to the bank and pull out a billion. Yeah, that was a B, please. Yeah. Well, and like I said, he, he's as part of this agreement, he's forced to do the low income housing around the area. Oh, I like that. I like markets, that. Bill you know, right? things like that. So Oakland is essentially tying, you know. Smart. Acts of goodwill or whatever to this project <laughs> for, as well. Forcing philanthropy upon a yeah, billionaire. So <laughs> it's fine. But so, right, so how do all. you feel? How do you feel about the trade? Is it a win or is it a loss for your team? Reading about I and this is the tough thing, evaluating minor league talent. I mean, you have to really be dedicated to that in scouting and things like that. People I trust that do that for a living have said they didn't get a lot of top-end talent. They got more qu- or more quantity than quality in the prospects. So, Baseball is one of those sports, though, where one dominant player can win you a World Series. Yeah. Well, and one of the guys that we did get has plus everything except command as a pitcher. And oh, really? Our pitching development has been really good throughout the years. So typically, if you're trading a pitcher to the A's, they've 
they always say you're probably getting screwed in the deal because Oakland's had such a good track record of developing those pitchers. So Zito's I have still the best talent they've ever had. Best pitcher I, in the in, or in Zito? the ALS. Yeah. No, nah, Hudson. Hudson was, was fine, but I liked watching the big man fucking oh, sling it out sidearm. I loved, I loved seeing those Barry, Barry Zito breaking balls because God. no one else could match those, but he, he sure fell off quick. He did. Well, that's and, that's a tough way to throw. Your elbow's not going to hold up. Yeah, and Huddy, I mean, Hudson had the best career out of all three of the big three, so did he, he was did. definitely my favorite. So when did he get sent to Boston to win a World Series for them? No, he went to Atlanta. Oh, Atlanta. Huddy did. And then Zito went to San Francisco, got that huge contract, and did not pitch well for them until they, he's, they the won last a World Series seasons. when he was on their in their bullpen. Though. Yeah, and then Mulder, I think he went to St. Louis, if I remember right. I think How many he years won ago was World that? Series too. That's the Shit, last that was time back I in the two thousands. It wasn't that long ago. That's Early the last 2000s. time I watched a full baseball game, and yeah, it was I just think, to watch them pitch. I think two thousand four was when oh they God. all left the team. So. No, yep. 2005, because we still had we still had Miguel Tejada back in 2004, I think, and then he That's left. That's your favorite so. player of like all time, right? Position player, yeah, but I still had a soft spot for all the pitchers. I mean, Hudson's probably my favorite A that I watched. Uh, Dave Stewart, I got to see some of him when I was very small. I think I was like eight when he was on the pitching on the team. Obviously, he played before that with the team, but I don't remember it. Um, but, yeah. I Sorry, think, I just oh, enjoy watching you light up talking about the A's, you know. Yeah. You derailed <laughs> me a little bit with that. I was just saying that with the spending from these other guys, I'm really hoping that it encourages the owners that don't want to spend on the teams to either sell or obviously start putting some major league talent on the rosters. Dude, I don't – like – there's got to be some weird addiction with these types of people. Because if you told me I had an asset that I could sell for fucking $500 million, I'd be living fucking down on a beach drinking fucking Mai Tais all day, dude. <laughs> yeah. Like, why the fuck do I want to go to a 9 to 5? I could drink Mai Tais on a beach for the rest of my life. I'm in. Sold. I'm sure he could already do that if he wanted to. But, but he has an asset that he could he, – he's literally holding on to something that he doesn't want to do, not the A's make, I'm thinking of Pittsburgh. Well, but. same thing. Yeah, no, it's the same sentiment. I mean, Pittsburgh, same situation. Orioles, same situation, although they had some success last year, so maybe they'll start investing. Uh, A's, I, I don't know. There's tons of owners that just, for whatever reason, they run it like a business and not a well-run business, and I don't understand it at all. Why run the uh, business at all? Fucking sell that shit. And go. Well, fucking they're drink. making, they're making their money year over year. Obviously, I mean. Tell me Fisher, that you're gonna burn through five hundred million dollars in a, a fucking lifetime, and I'll call you a fucking dirty sack of shit well, liar. And that's the sad thing <laughs> is he would make a lot more than that because I think he bought the team for three hundred. Why do million? you need more than that? That's my question. And Where's he could probably motive? sell it for one and a half billion, so he'd He's, make almost. An extra billion just by selling the team, but what? I yeah, just I don't. don't I don't get it. I, it's got to be like uh, they're literal dragons in human form. They just like stacking shiny things in a pile <laughs> and they sleep yeah. in it. 
it, it really frustrates me though having him as the owner because it's like we have these finance these made up financial constraints that shouldn't affect us but they do and even even with those fake constraints the a's have been so close so many times so many yeah. years you just feel like if they you know had been able to hang on to their top talent and had more than one opportunity to run it back with with the same team they'd probably have a different different fate in the playoffs you would have and, you would have a flag going up into the raptors yeah for sure I mean, they they were so close so many times, and it's just... Uh, it breaks my heart, because you talk to me about it. I don't watch baseball, but I love you, so Ooh. I love the A's. And, like, you tell Boston. me how good they're doing. Boston on their little streak back in the early 2000s, I think they won three. And it, every time it was them knocking the A's out, and it just gutted me every single time. <laughs> and then we've run up against Justin Verlander, both with the Tigers and the... Astros. He, haunts, he haunts you. That's why when he signed with the Mets earlier this offseason, I guess it was just last like, week, yes. I was like, oh my God, this is the best. We don't have Ugh. to see him 20 I, times a year. I hate to break it to you, but this means that the A's are going to make the World Series and they're losing to the Mets. <laughs> well, I don't think we're making the World Series, so we don't have to worry about that. But That's fate. Verlander's got to uh, get you on three different teams. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And then just the last note I had was just on the Warriors. They have been playing a lot better basketball than they did at the beginning of the season, but they're still hovering around 500. Uh, But they did just match up against the Celtics, which was a rematch of the NBA Finals from last year, and they played very well and ended up beating the Celtics. So, Is this the sport where they sell AK-47s to Middle Eastern countries? Is that the sport you're talking about? Oh, just wait till those dots connect for you. I'll have to uh, try to figure what the hell. You're Brittany Griner got traded off for a fucking oh, arms dealer. Okay, okay. So yes, I just same figured. sport, different organization, but you know they're all they're all attached. Makes sense. That's a great joke. You just, I, it's too soon. Yeah, too soon. But that's all I had. So Logue, was there? I mean, I kind of skipped over. Well, I didn't skip over. I I went through the. The notes from the NFL pretty quick after I got off with you, or um, I guess you dropped off. But you know, it's proven with science at this point that I'm just going to derail conversations and uh, have a good time while I do yep. so. And I fucking appreciate the opportunity to be on again. I'll grow the beard out a little bit. I don't think I can get Kyle's flowing beautiful hair, but I can uh, well, try. He he usually wears a hat anyway, so just wear a hat and then get that beard a little bit longer and. I think you might be able to pass. I'll be his doppelganger again. It'll be like being 15 all over again. I really yep. do. I love doing this with you. I know it's a little less organized when I'm on, but hey. That's all right. It's entertaining, I think. I, I guarantee it. So We got we'll, Brett we'll watching, and she doesn't even care about football. So that's, that's what she win said. right there. She said in the chat, I can't stand football at all, but I couldn't pass up the opportunity to say hi to Logue, so. She actually said that she doesn't like football at all? That's what she said, word for word. I can show it on here. Hey! There it is. Look at that. Hey, buddy. I'm glad we did this tonight. This is fun. Yep. Like I said, I'll have you on again. Uh, Kyle's been in and out with work. He's back to shift work and then the new baby. So it's nice to have someone to bounce things off of instead of just me rambling to myself for an hour. So I'm I'm a good bouncing board. 
Yes, you are. So Although, you we'll know, have I, you on again soon, and I hope everyone that tuned in enjoyed this. I know there were quite a few F-bombs flying around, oh, <laughs> a few more than on. normal, but that's all right. <laughs> I look forward to the community showcase that you have coming up. I'm, that's going to be good. Yeah, we'll have a couple of those, and then we've got... When are those going to air? Uh, give, give me a little teaser. When's that When's that coming? It, it just depends. We're, we've been trying to get those scheduled for couple weeks it's just everyone's schedule lining up hasn't hit quite yet so i think we'll have one later this week and then like i said we'll have the eric Pauly one coming up season recap i don't know if you saw oh man his episode was so good it was he is so articulate man i fucking loved that episode well that's what he does for a living so well that makes sense he chose right right so we'll, we'll have his season recap with the the wyoming cowboys football team and couple of those community spotlights coming through so can't wait to watch them buddy okay we'll talk to you soon man hey jumping on love you adios